0: your boy Joe and I'm Mike (laughs) and today we got a a bit of a throwback album well not really but a a throwback for For uh, our two hosts yes yes Yes, for us would you like to introduce sure Um,
1: today's album like I alluded to in the promo is I guarantee something no one here has ever heard of before and I'm proud of that other than (laughs) Mike yes Um, it's an album it's actually an EP called Sirens by a band called Scratch Track and we are also
2: going to be sipping on what is my favorite pumpkin beer of the season, pumpkin ale by Dogfish Head.
1: Mm-hmm. Excited. Yeah. Let's, so uh, yeah, let's get into crack it. Crack them open,
2: let's, pop the goddamn top.
1: Let's do it. Oh yeah. Let's do
0: it. Yep, yeah, there we go. There we go. Oh thank you. Thank you. Let's see. He, you clean color.
2: Look at that clean pour.
0: Yeah. Good. Can we talk
1: about your glasses yet? You yeah, sure. So I chose a glass from Willimantic Brewery Company, Willie Brew, in Willimantic, Connecticut, where uh, we went to college. And I chose that glass because I found out about this band in college. So I thought it would be a nice little connection. Okay.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I have the Incredible Hulk. Um, <laughs> my kid's been really obsessed with him lately. Oh, He's yeah. He's been watching uh, the actual movie oh. with Edward Norton.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, so I just went with the Hulk class.
0: Cool. I got the uh, the Angry Orchard one that has a really cool like indentation of like a really angry old tree. Has nothing to do with the beer, but it, uh, it, it, does it look cool.
2: Yeah, does it count as an indent because it's actually sticking out? It's an outdent. It's an, an outie. <gasps> oh. Well done. <laughs>
0: We're on
1: <laughs> our game right now. Yes, we are.
2: Oh, cool. the smell of this beer—it's it's so it's, good. This is really
1: good. so. This is my second drink of it. I had one pre-show just to get my bearings straight, but just this a, is a great beer, you know, Mike.
2: Great spices. You really. You, you can smell the uh, the
1: brown sugar. Uh huh.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. This is yeah. fall yeah. in a glass. <laughs> this is uh, Dogfish Head Brewing Company in uh, Delaware, out of Delaware. Yes. Um, and this is their seasonal beer, um, Pumpkin. P U N K I N.
1: No apostrophe at the end. N- or, or M. M. <laughs>
2: Funken. See, we're on the pay- good page today. Same page, <laughs> some sort of page. <laughs> uh, this used to come in four packs actually, because it was so highly sought after um, that they would put it in four packs so that there would be a wider distribution, mm-hmm. um, which just meant I would always buy eight instead of four. <laughs> um, but then a couple of years ago, they went to the the new actually the new label. Um, they went a little more with the purple and the orange. It used to be just orange and black, which is you know pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started going with the the purple. Um, kind of like a little darker Halloween theme.
1: Uh huh. Um, well, the little guys in the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A toad, a mouse, toad mouse, a blimp. A blimp. I yeah. Was that an owl, a toad, and a little mouse? Um. So this is
2: a considered a brown ale, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Um. Brown ales are tend to be uh, lightly hopped, so they're not as hoppy like an IPA would be, um, and they're brewed with a hundred percent brown malt. So it's just a type of gives okay. you this kind of like amberish, brownish. It's a, It's like. Darker than your, yeah. your lager, you yeah. Um, it's definitely not as transparent. Um, and this one also has a hint of brown sugar and spices, yeah. Um, you know, which is what you'd expect in like a pumpkin pie or something. So you mm-hmm. get that flavor, but it's not overwhelming, yeah. You get that nice, like, pumpkin taste, you get that nice brown sugar taste, the spices, but it's just very smooth. It doesn't really kind of kick you in the ass and make you, oh man, that's too much. Um, it's just got a really, really nice uh, flavor. And they go with, the, from what I understand, the reason they do a brown ale with this is because they're usually a little bit darker um, and they're a little sweeter. Um, and they're actually lower in uh, alcohol content. Which yeah, what's realize. the percentage on this? Um, so this one's actually seven. Is it? It, it is. It's oh, seven. okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> yep. They usually release it on uh, September 1st. So they say August to, to November, mm-hmm. um, but they what they do, I guess, is like right around September 1st, they release it, and then basically it's out until it's out. Um, usually they say about Thanksgiving, you're not going to find it anymore, um, unless there's just some stray six-pack somewhere that mm-hmm. somebody Someone's left holding. in the back and forgot to put out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it does go pretty quick. When I, I've i got friends that tell me, I, I'm i a seasonal beer guy, Like I don't like to give up on summer, so I try not to drink these style beers till after Labor Day.
1: I'm the same way. Um, mm-hmm. It's
2: almost like football and fall beers kind of hit at the same time. Mm-hmm. I will say this year that Labor Day weekend was the first time I had one of these. Yep. Um, a co-worker of mine bought me a six-pack as a thank you for some help I did for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually me and Tom. We Uh, did. We shared one that day, that Mm -hmm. Friday. Thanks for the invite. Um,
0: It was a lovely moment. You should have been there. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks a lot. Yeah.
2: (laughs) We uh, it was. We left you out on purpose. Yeah. It was Um, was
0: a it was a closed event. It was. Well, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you were there,
2: but you weren't. (laughs) Um, I live out of town. This is true. But yeah, this is hands down my favorite pumpkin beer. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that I found out why they named it pumpkin ale you tell um so a big thing in delaware is what they call pumpkin chunking which yeah, i swear to god it's an uh, event it's an event
1: there. do i dare
0: you, google this you could you're gonna find some dirty it's, pictures it's,
2: it's an event where they essentially catapult pumpkins
0: yes okay, I, okay. I, i've actually been to one of those events okay it was in new york they had a, like a big like kind of uh cannon almost yeah yeah and, and they you, just, you'd pay money and you'd just shoot them out into this giant yeah. field and so see this a is some
2: it. kind of event and um this was where it was originally um, distributed for the first time, mm-hmm. um, put out there, and it was in 1994, and it was actually put out there six months before they actually opened the brewery. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, this so, is like so this is like their yeah, first this beer. this is like one of their first beers. This cool. Is really, it's, yeah, it was interesting. So technically on their website, it says it was originally released in 95, um, but I think that was because that was after you know they the actually became a, yeah, yeah. an official company. Um, their website is awesome. Because it not only gives you the beer and gives you all the information, but then it also gives you, um, like things to, how to drink it, like what kind of glass. Um, so right here you can look through, so it's 7%, released August to November, originally released in 95, what style It's Pumpkin. Um, the color is like an amber to a copper, which we just talked about being a little bit, you know, darker, um. The aroma gives you like a cinnamon and a sp- allspice, nutmeg, you know, um, you get that flavor out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same thing with the flavors. You get the spicy notes of cinnamon, brown sugar, and pumpkin. Notes. You know? Ooh, notes. A little bit. Just a little. I know. The fancy amount. beer language is yeah. it's, it's it's crazy. Rabbit. We got to get there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the mouthfeel.
0: That's another no, that's not
2: a mouthfeel. Mouth feel yeah, it feels. Feels that, wet. that could be dangerous. <laughs>
0: it's, like, it's, got a, it's got a very liquidy feel to me.
1: <laughs> I think that's consistent across yeah, the board. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Um,
2: I almost feel like the spices hit you first mm-hmm. and then the pumpkin's kind of the second thing you taste. Yeah. Which is kinda of cool. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, you, you get that brown sugar, that cinnamon, Man, and so good. then you get the pumpkin afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um and then it actually says, best to enjoy in a pint glass. Okay. Um, Check. Yep. Pairs, pairs nicely with uh, sharp cheddar. Uncheck.
0: I, yeah, I, unfortunately, I did not bring the cheese platter wow. for this Snack recording. Snap boy. All we,
2: all we have is blue cheese.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I only brought really good wings and garlic knots this time. That is Not true. any uh, cheese. Sorry, guys. It also
2: pairs well with all of your Thanksgiving favorites. Turkey, right. roasted duck, lamb, stuffing, and dessert dumplings.
0: Dessert dumplings. What I don't
2: it? know what the fuck. I that want to is. know about that right now. <laughs> well, then maybe you should fucking research it.
1: <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, dessert dumplings. So they do this for every beer. They, they yeah yeah. Their, on their website,
2: website has an, like a very specific breakdown. Um, it has all their 2020 releases because you know there's some beers that come out for the first time or only come out once in a while. Uh, yeah, they're they're very. Very uh, in depth with it. It's it's pretty cool. Cool, but again, just a a great beer. I mean, you can sit and have two or three of these. It's not something that you're gonna drink just one and be like, oh, it's too much or too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some other pumpkin beers out there that people like have you mix like the uh, the, the whipped cream vodkas or the yeah. fireballs or the different yeah. things with. Like, I would I would never do that with this beer. Yeah, it's just so like flavorful, flavorful yes, on, buy, its yeah, on its, its own, yeah. That I just think that would almost be like sacrilegious to, to mess with that taste by adding mm-hmm. something else to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I'm not a super big pumpkin beer kind of fan, mm-hmm. but I feel like this just kind of nails it with me. It, it's not, yeah, like you said, it's not too overpowering, but it still has that kind of mm-hmm. essence of pumpkin, yeah. if you will. Um Yeah, no, they definitely nail it on this one. I really enjoy this. Good.
2: This, this has got to be probably the only fall beer that I really have to get. Um, you know, I'll drink other fall beers, you know, um, I know our last episode, we talked about an Oktoberfest that I had for the first time that I thought was pretty good. I don't know. I'm just not one to run out and buy like fall beers cause it's fall. Right. I'm just not, never was my thing. I, I'm the same way. But this, I have to buy a six pack like every mm-hmm. couple of weeks. I have to have some until it's out because it's just, it's short lived. It's only a couple months you can have it. And, um... It's just so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, this is this is really good. Um, Yeah, we're keeping with our October fall theme with all of our seasonal beers. Uh, This was the first time I've ever had it, and I'm definitely going to be seeking this out from now on. And it's pretty widely available.
2: Um, You know, it's Mm -hmm. Dogfish Head. You can get almost anywhere. And if you can get Dogfish Head there, then this beer is definitely there because it's just one of their biggest. You know, one of the bigger sellers at this time of year, especially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so cool. thank you to uh, to Dogfish Head for making this beer, it's really good, and uh, I think we should transition a bit now over to our album of choice, or our EP, excuse yes. me, yes. Joe, would you like to uh, give us a little rundown would, of this choice? I would love to, Scratch Track
1: is a duo from Kansas City, Missouri, and I guarantee that anyone listening to this, unless you've heard of them, you've already heard of them, or you have never heard of them, or you are them, <laughs> or you are them, Yeah, um, but of people have never heard of them, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring something new, something different to the podcast to uh, give something to the listeners. Hopefully, you try something new out. Um, So, these guys, they primarily toured on the college circuit, um, and they came to our school, which I mentioned earlier, our college, Um, and that's where we've seen them, or we saw them the first time. Yeah, we
2: saw them. We got to talk with them a little bit, hang out with
1: them. They were cool guys. Cool guys. Mm -hmm. Cool guys. And their sound is, get ready for this. Acoustic guitar and beatboxing. That's it. Yes. And everything, you know, they add some effects on this EP. There are some effects. This EP actually features a saxophone player, too. Oh, He's that. not a full time member of the band. But one of they're... my favorite parts of the album. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Having the horns. Yep. But their sound <clears throat> is acoustic guitar and beatboxing. They call themselves acoustic hip hop rap. Which was so new for us and me. But it's just so cool and different. And um, it's an EP, so it's not a full album. It's only six songs, released in 2010. It's a quick listen. Um, So if you are looking for something different to listen to, then I'm going to give you this. And I highly recommend that you uh, check it out.
0: Yeah, you can almost fit like four of these into a love story
1: yes (laughs) I know it's kind of funny that we went episode 5 really long album
0: yes to episode 6
1: a really short album yeah Um, and I don't know for me I wish that there were maybe like maybe two more songs on this and keep it an EP I I, I respect the, uh, the EP wish it was a little longer but we'll get more into that
0: yeah I think this is actually perfectly like Spaced out mm-hmm. for for what it is. It's not really something that you've never heard of before. It's gonna blow your socks off, right? You, you kind of get what you thought you were gonna get out of it, and there's and that's that's perfectly fine. I, I kind of appreciate that. Um, you know, it's basic rock duo music with guitar, and it's you're saying it's a beatboxer, is beatbox. it like a drum kit? It almost sounds like a drum kit.
1: So it's primarily um, the one of the members is he's a beatboxer, and mm-hmm. when they play live, it's the acoustic guitar player. Mm-hmm and the beatboxing, and he has... Um, what was the, loop, the, loop the loop machine. Loop pedals. Yeah, they, both oh, loop they both do, and they mm-hmm. loop them to, like Yeah, again, so they play the little parts to start the song, they re- loop it, and then the song starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, in recording, they add some more effects, and there might be some drum sounds. Um, some of their older, mm-hmm. full-length albums have a full band sound,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um, their band actually dwindled in inside. They, they were a trio, then they went to a duo. So since they turned to a duo they they weren't faking it. They stuck, hey, this is us. This is our sound. We're just going to go forward on this. And they kind of kept kept it raw and kept okay. it uh, open. Yeah, their,
2: their first, uh, I want to say, this is their fourth album. So they had three albums prior to this. Um, and they were longer. They were full-length albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got more of that acoustic feel. You got more of that acoustic duo feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was kind of where this album hit in 2010, where they really kind of added some stuff like the horn. So for someone who had listened to their albums prior to, it was a big jump mm-hmm. because it was like all of a sudden, I mean, that first song comes in breaking the trend, and you're just like, whoa, they didn't even hold back. Like It's just, bam, right off
1: the bat. Right when that first beat hits, I'm hooked in. I, yeah. I will never get tired of that song. I love mm-hmm. that song.
2: And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good vocalist. He's a, he's a solid rapper uh, when they come with it. The uh, guitarist is actually a decent vocalist. He's a good Mm -hmm. vocalist, too. It's got a good, like, pairing their voices. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't do anything. They don't try too hard. Yeah. Like, that's what I like about them is, like, they make really good catchy music without really trying to be overly complicated.
0: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. They they kind of stick to their guns a little bit. Uh,
2: Yeah. And I think the only it's weird, but sometimes their lyrics are really good. And then sometimes their lyrics are not so good. Yeah. Does anybody want to
0: have a good time tonight? Yeah.
2: Sometimes, like, it almost reminded me of, like, early Godsmack where it was like, I fucking hate you. And I'm like, really? That's all you have to say? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) everything he said was just very blunt and straightforward. And, you know, sometimes I like you to be a little bit more in depth with your lyrics. Like, it makes, you know, it can change the songs a bit. Um, yeah so some of their earlier stuff I think actually lyrically was better than this album
0: okay
2: um but with this album you had more of that kind of it was a party from top to bottom it was six songs and in what was it maybe 20 30 minutes yeah I don't even think it was so that 21. long yeah like 21 minutes you were you had your party and you were and, done um, I yeah. think <laughs> this episode
1: of our podcast might be longer than the whole the year. album it will it almost already is already, yeah <laughs> um no i it's great so like as a drummer for me i would play along to this uh album or ep Mm -hmm. okay uh, a lot and and i I would try and like write my own parts along the songs (laughs) and it's funny when i listen back to it i kind of i'm transported back to that time and i can hear what i would play and for me it was just kind of cool that they left it open to interpretation there for, you know, other musicians to maybe improvise over on their own time. Yeah. Um, but the sound in itself, that's what they intended it to be, you know, the mm-hmm.
0: acoustic and the beatboxing. And yeah, it's just really different. Tom, what'd you think? So uh what year this was twenty ten that this album came out? Twenty ten. Um so I feel like a lot of it kind of stems from the sounds that came out of that time. <laughs> I don't think it's aged super well, but you know, it doesn't have to. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's very straightforward. It, it doesn't overstate its welcome too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not a style that I would personally sink my teeth into too much. But it was, it was very quick. And, um, you know, there, there, there's not a lot of tracks that you can really go super wrong with. But I, I really do appreciate um, the beatboxer. Because I am a beatboxer myself. I don't know if you know. Uh, uh, care to give us a little flavor? <laughs> <laughs> wow. To put me on the next Scratch Track album, wow, right? Wow, wow. So no, so I really appreciate that. I feel like that that's a really cool uh, kind of twist that they put on their own sound. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something unique that you don't really hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I didn't even know that they... Did that specifically? I thought they just had some kind of drum kit that they got that from, or they kind of just looped someone beatboxing. But that's that's right. actually what they ended up. Yeah, playing. that's 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 um, yeah, really cool. Uh, yeah, the, the the beatboxing is one of the
1: members, DJ Lee, and mm-hmm. that's that's his instrument. He he re, he lays down the beatboxing live, loops it, and then he sings over it. So okay, yeah, and, and then uh, Jason Hamlin is the the guitarist, and he also does looping as well. That's
0: how they play live. Okay, yeah, like you said before. Um, I really had no idea what this album was or who they were. I actually had to text the group chat, if you guys remember, like about Sirens. Like, oh, is that the name of the band or is that the name of the album? (laughs) Yeah, right. So, yeah, I had no experience. But for um, only two people in the group, I feel like they have a lot of dynamic range, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, The saxophone, um, I I feel like a lot of uh, stylistic change ups are across Mm -hmm. this, which I think is pretty good, especially for a six track EP. Um, but only for, even with it's 21 minutes, I feel like we kind of have to go through every track basically. Yeah. So, yeah. so that well, the opener,
2: you, I was going to say, well, if you think about it, we're picking our number one, our bottom and our sleeper. That's half the album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so I enjoyed the opener breaking the trend. Um, I thought the lyrics were really dumbed down, but, um, it seemed like a pretty fun song. Yeah. And it has, it has that kind of party aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty uh, basic song, but it, it, there was decent vocal melodies on the chorus that I kind of enjoyed, and um, and the the saxophone kind of brought it alive too. Yeah.
1: So, like we said earlier, the saxophone player isn't a full time member of the yeah. band and wasn't at that time. Mm-hmm. So for us, when we saw them, no saxophone. So to have that now on this EP was another element that we were excited for. Or and they it was a cool addition to have.
2: Yeah, I thought Breaking the Trend was a great opening.
1: Oh yeah. I mean cuz again it just hit too
2: hard. I I agree with you the lyrics weren't great. Um and looking past the lyrics at least for that opener song, it just was very like it got you in the mood and it got you into kind of what the album was going to sound like. Right. And it did a really good job of that, I
1: thought. Yep, and I I heard a great blend of all the instruments and the effects, mm-hmm. the beatboxing, cuz guitar, sax. It's it's a good representative track of mm-hmm. um and
2: again it, it hits you with that sax right off the bat which yeah. you're not expecting from this band because they never had it before right so it was a cool way to be like hey we're here look at what we got this time yeah, yeah. and
1: and like for me it was really cool because we had discovered them what well, probably two years prior yep. and um a band that never no one ever heard of and we're following them like it was really cool to follow a band that we mm-hmm. organically discovered yeah and then they put out something new that oh wow all right cool let's yeah. see what they did and agreed. um it was just a cool step forward for them um and then the next song uh for you uh another great song it, it has like a dirty guitar riff
2: yeah it's a Big little fan of guitar agreed, riff. agreed agreed yeah
1: um it, it, it's like a i tend to bob my head in like a like you tend to bob your head in quarter notes one, mm-hmm. two, that one I go to eighth notes. You know, you go to every
0: every pulse there. So I'm a big fan of that. On the contrary, I did not like that song. Did not like this one. No, I thought that. That's what we do here at the and Bob's podcast. We disagree, yeah, but we agree to disagree. Right. We do agree to agree civilly. I thought the guitar riff was kind of repetitive after a longer period of time because they kind of just repeated that for a decent amount of the track. Yeah. And I feel like I've heard that riff before in a song somewhere that I just can't place my uh, my tongue on. Uh, so do you place your tongue on a lot of things?
2: I darn go. So the me. next, tra-
0: <laughs> but yeah, no. I also I put down <laughs> I put down that they had like that gritty style of yeah. guitar in the track. Um, the, the the horn choices on this song were also pretty complimentary, but it was just it wasn't really for me. But it was a uh, yeah not 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 my favorite track. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything on that? I was just going
2: to say, that was almost going to be my my uh, my bottom track, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I went with something else, but that definitely would be, like, my second least
1: okay. on that album. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll find out as we go along. Uh, track three, Renegade.
0: No, track nope. three is I'm Ready. Um, excuse me.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, excuse I'm Excuse Me. me. I'm Excuse Me. i Excuse Me. That was good. Um, but then we have track three, it's called I'm Ready, um... I'm not actually a huge fan of this song. Okay. Um, It has a steel guitar kind of slide feel, which I liked. But, I don't know, it was kind of slow tempo for me. Mm -hmm. When I think of these guys, I think of the the fun party songs, and this one kind of just missed the the beat for me.
2: Yeah, it's got some interesting vocals. His rap's a little bit different. It's like a slow rap. So
1: Mm -hmm. he's kind
2: of singing, he's kind of rapping. Um, Sometimes I have to admit that they over affect. His rap vocals, um, they just Mm kind of have like Mm -hmm. that uh, scratchy, airy, weird kind of effect to them. Almost to make him distorted like the guitar, but vocally. And sometimes I think they overdo it because he does have a good voice and he does have a good rap voice. Mm -hmm. And I think they kind of like take away from it sometimes by adding that effect too much.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And then next up we have uh, Renegade, which kind of kicks it back up for me. I'm I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of this song. Uh, the guitar and the beatboxing are locked in rhythmically. It's a very rhythmic album, which I love. Like, you can really hum along to every song, the melody. Um, and then the, the chorus opens it up. It's more of strumming it's in, instead of a, like a pulsing kind of yeah. picking yeah. Uh, guitar it's riff. It's a little more melodic. Just yeah, a very melodic uh, chorus. And I notice you can kind of like sway along to it Like when mm-hmm. it opens it up. It has that like keyboard synth in, in there too. Which um, I liked. I kind of like the balance of this song.
2: Yeah, I think vocally the the rap part goes a little bit better in this one mm-hmm. with the uh, with the, uh, the the bass line and the guitar part and everything else. Um, I thought you know it was kind of cool how it was really synced up. And then like you said, it opens up for the and then they go back. Right. And it, this one had mm-hmm. a good bounce back and forth. And I think they did a really good job with it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, but for me personally. Uh, this song sounds very 2010. It's got that kind of. Uh, I love
1: that line. <laughs> <where> yeah, <you laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just it just hasn't aged super well. Yeah, okay. it's kind of got that like badass, gritty rock loner anthem kind of vibe to it. Yeah, which is fine in in certain cases, but um, for me, it's like the biggest evidence of it being a little bit aged for me. Sometimes. Yeah. I think it's also
1: you know, it, like we've talked about in previous episodes, it's all about what you're into as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. You know, all genres and things like that. Um, then we have egotastic the second to last track um this was another one where uh, guitar and sax are locked in with one another they're kind of featured on this uh the intro is like a little longer than i would have hoped with the beatboxing for the song to actually like kick in yeah i kind of wish they shortened that up because the rest of the song is is a lot of fun it's a good beat it has a good pulse to it so it kinda lost me a little bit there, but it's definitely worth the wait, you know, after that little uh, beatboxing intro.
2: Yeah, you might be surprised but this was my bottom song. That's it. I figured. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it just had to do with the lyrics and just the song in general. This one was like the the corny song to me like it was almost too dumbed down. Like mm-hmm. even someone as dumb as me was like, "Okay, now <laughs> I feel like you're making fun of me. On this
1: yeah. <laughs> you're
2: insulting my <laughs> intelligence
0: that I don't have." <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. I um I put down that this uh, this is where like the lead shit the lead singer kind of shows his weaknesses a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I wrote in my notes that he has uh, Eddie Vedder syndrome on this track. Oh. <laughs> he kind of puts a little bit of R into every other. Well,
2: you got the you right. got egotastic, and it sounds like he's kind of saying. Egotistic and yeah, I, that word in general is one of the reasons I like that word just doesn't work. For just me. bugging the hell out that of me. That word out. just doesn't Egotastic. work because the way yeah, he fantastic. says it and the way he sings it and the way it's written and just they just all don't work together. Okay. The direction yeah. of
0: the track isn't really what you wanted. Is that yeah. what you're trying to say? You must be a producer, huh? Mm, quite. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and then the the EP wraps up with, wow. I love this song. It's called Love Someone. Yes. And this is their take on the quintessential, like 50s rock and roll mm-hmm. uh, song, I, I think. By the way, I want to keep someone at home, keep track of how many times we say quintessential on this Ooh. podcast. We do drop that <laughs> word a lot. And thematic for me. Y- yes, <laughs> thematic em- <laughs> uh, elements. But yeah, this is their, their take on that style of song. Has that cl- classic call and response in the bridge yep. uh, vocally. Yep. Um, The verses are are arranged in in that same way. Um, This has an awesome sax solo in it that I I love. Um, And I thought it was a great way to end this EP. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the whole way through, if you thought you didn't know what to expect from this EP and this band, wait until you hear this, and then now it's just a nice little surprise to end the EP.
2: opposed to the last song where you said this is where the singer kind of shows some weakness... I thought the way they ended this album and this song shows what he can do. Right, yes. Like, to me, like, all I could write, I didn't have any other words other than amazing ending. Like, it was a perfect ending mm-hmm. to an album. Yeah. It was a perfect ending to a song. Um, this just really was... It, uh, if they did the whole album with songs like this, right. it would have been even that much better. Yeah,
0: I'm glad we all agree on this because yeah. I, I enjoyed this track quite a bit. <laughs> it kind of reminded me—I don't know if you see the influences of um, kind of like a mambo number no. five almost, especially like okay. right in the beginning, like the dun, 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 yeah, and also yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's yeah, a wow. lot of uh, there's a lot that's of horns right. in it too, yep. which are in mambo number no. five. But that's a good thing because I really Classic enjoyed it.
2: Vega. <laughs> mm.
0: when's 6 coming out I thought he said he was going to release it during Mambo quarantine number 6 really
1: yeah. he tweeted out he was like if I get enough likes on this tweet or retweets or whatever it is Percentage I'll be <laughs> yeah.
0: you know maybe it's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> but, but no I, I enjoyed this track quite a bit it's pretty fun it was like the most fun that you can end the, 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 yeah. the, the EP with it, it had, the, has yeah. great bookends.
2: I don't know I'm just a big fan of when an album begins and ends the right way yeah yeah
1: this one hits it I, I i would say love someone is another party song too i think that you, you yeah. throw that song yeah. on and you definitely have a lot of fun to uh along with it so overall
2: um i mean let's let's label some songs here let's do it <laughs> uh, my number one song i i think because it opens the album is breaking the trend just because mm-hmm. it sets the tone and the album for the most part fills that tone mm-hmm. you know it kind of sticks with it it doesn't really veer too far from it um and i just thought it was a great like kind of kicking the balls right off the bat just kind of let you know where you're about to go mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's funny that you mentioned that um earlier how you said the opening and the closer were both pretty solid because i thought my favorite was a uh, love someone oh yeah i, I yeah. thought that just the vibe that they kind of achieve on this song is is quintessential but like hey, I said before,
1: quintessential yeah.
0: like party music that mm-hmm. you know you wouldn't be too shocked to hear at a party in 2010. um <laughs> <laughs> I think Tom is aging us. Sorry, I don't want. Time. I don't want to be ageist It's okay. It's okay. No, no, it's it's still, no. no I know. you're yeah. still in
2: diapers in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was 13.
2: <laughs> was I? Oh, he was a late potty trainer. <laughs>
0: What was your favorite track, Joe? <laughs> uh,
1: my, I, I agree with Mike. Mine is breaking the trend as well. When I think of scratch track, I think of these guys. Um, I always like to say... Oh,
0: <laughs> what? <so."> Wait, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. When I think of scratch track, I think of this song. I, know, I knew what you meant. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, great. Yeah, so when I think of scratch track, I think of this song. Um, and I always try to say, like, if you want to get into this band, here's this album. I'm going to tell people, listen to this song. This is Scratch Track right here. So that that's hands down my favorite. My least favorite track, I'm going to go with I'm Ready. It was between this or Egotastic, and yeah. I'm going with I'm Ready. Mm-hmm. Um, just didn't really hit it for me. A little slower than I had wanted. I think of them as, you know, that party
0: fun band. Um, so I'm Ready. Uh, my least favorite, personally, was Bad For You. Um... I just the the guitar riff was pretty repetitive for me. Um, thought it would have been better with real drums, but obviously, you can't really have that. Um, it oh, almost could. sounded, it almost they should have hired one of us. You should have, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was really not my, my favorite track personally. It almost sounded like a novelty track after a longer period mm-hmm. of time listening to it, but That's
2: yeah, right. I again, I'm sticking with egotastic. Um, I just don't know the word. Confuses me cause I don't it's, think that's in the Is it even a word? Like, I have the then, dictionary yeah, the I work. don't have the dictionary yet, <laughs> Oh, he's got it He actually does um, I don't know But I just thought it was Kind of like a corny song It really It was the one Every time I hear it I'm just kind of like Alright, I can go do something quick And then I'll come back For the next song mm-hmm. You know, just never really Never really stuck for me
0: there was no results found for egotastic.
1: Ooh, not even a word.
0: Not even, even a word. Worse now. There's egotistic.
2: That's what I think he I think, says all the time, well, and he's not,
1: though. I think that was their intention. <laughs> egotastic. I don't know what the tastic means. Fantastic? I, uh,
0: yeah, I guess. Like, he's egotistical, but. In a good way? In a good way. Maybe <laughs> like, do that? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Sometimes shit like that works. This song did not. It did not work. And all it right. also doesn't help, too, that the rest of the album was lyrically. As we said, very simple, yeah. and then now they're playing like with words and trying to make something a little different, and I
1: don't know, it just didn't really fit for me.
0: Okay, thinking about yourself too much—that's the line. Exactly. Thinking about yeah. yourself too much. My dark horse was uh, <laughs> was I'm ready. I <laughs> thought it was uh, oh, a okay. the, the the interesting percussion for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the, the way they kind of uh, mixed it was pretty nice. Uh, again, lyrics are still pretty vague, but that's fine for this. Uh, kind of the, the bass worked well with it and then all kind of built up into a really nice moment on the chorus. Cool, yeah.
1: My dark horse track was Actually Love Someone just because this song is not fitting for their style. Okay. It fits in their style but it's their take on another kind of genre and I thought because of that it deserves some recognition because um, I think Breaking the Trend is their go-to song if if you're one of the 10 people in Connecticut <laughs> that knows yeah. this band. Um, yeah, so that's my dark horse. Love Someone, you definitely check that out.
2: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Love Someone was mine as well. Cool. Um, yeah. you know, I kind of labeled it as the dark horse of the sleeper because it was the last song. Yeah. So you right. kind of didn't, you know, you weren't you were waiting <laughs> yeah. for it the whole time, you know what I mean? Like well, the full 16 yeah, minutes you're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when you have ADD, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even though I listed like Breaking the Trend as my number 1, I mentioned it more for like I think more about the more than just the song i think about placement of the song i think about what the song's purpose was for the album um and breaking the trend for me was number one because without that song the album doesn't start the same Mm -hmm. um whereas you know love someone ends it i put it as my sleeper because again you don't hear it till the 16 minutes later (laughs) but personally love someone's probably my favorite song on the album Mm -hmm. you know i think it's probably the most well-written song on the album, I think it—you it, know—it does its job the best. Um, even though I would label like breaking the trend as one, so it's just, I guess, a little bit more into my thought process that nobody <laughs> will ever understand. <laughs> but, but I hope you get what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> it makes sense. All right. Well, then uh, let's let's rate it, boys. How many bops are we giving it? Oh,
0: that's right, bops. So yeah. go ahead, Tom. So I thought this album was pretty, like center of the road for me it wasn't a style that i'm personally super into but for what it was it was pretty quick six tracks it didn't overstay its welcome really um they were kind of snoozy rock cuts for me uh but they they give off the vibes of like a, a pretty solid like like you said they, they were they were a, a college touring band pretty much right yeah yeah so the from from what they could do with two people um i thought it was it was pretty commendable um but for me yeah it was still pretty like middle of the road for me so i'll give it a a two and a half and a five okay. for me okay. Okay. alright sounds good
2: personally I think it's again this is an album that there's a little bit of a bias to just because I did see them live and we met them and yeah. you know it, sometimes it's hard to get away from that you try to be as you know you know unbiased as possible but it happens I gave it a four I gave it a solid you know again it was like you said it was quick it did it's job um, it was a big jump from some of the earlier stuff it had a lot more uh, technically to it with the horns and the different different instruments they threw in there, um so I gave it a four. You know, solid album. I would recommend it. um You know, if it was longer, I honestly think it might have lost some bops, uh, personally. Oh,
0: Bob Loss. You know, Yeah, well, Bob Loss. <laughs> He's the guy that paints, right? <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob Loss. Loss. Yeah, Bob Loss with the happy trees. Yeah. No, he
2: paints sad trees
0: though. Oh, the, right. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Loss. That's right. That was, that was even worse than the yellow joke. <laughs>
2: Well, hopefully next episode, Joel will have a shitty joke,
1: too.
0: Yeah, I'll thank you. We can all even it out. I, there's going to uh, be a yeah, big like, joke we're going
1: to <laughs> next episode.
2: Um, yeah, so I gave, I gave it a four. I gave it a four.
1: Four. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I, I'm the same. I also gave it four out of five bops. Um, you know, the, the personal connection was big. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because it's just so different. It's a surprise. They're relatively unknown. And I think for where they are in the music pantheon, I think they did a great job. Uh, so four out of five, bobs. Check
2: The dictionary on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um,
2: pantheon.
1: Pantheon. Oh, oh, you don't want God. the pantheon. No, I was
2: gonna say. <laughs> you're doing it wrong.
1: <laughs> How about the uh, the beer boys? Let's let's. Uh, Pumpkin rank. ale. Pumpkin ale from Dogfish Head. All
2: right. Well, I don't give anything a five because it's just got to be absolutely ridiculous to be a five. So I'm giving it a four and a half. Okay. Um, I think it's hands down the best pumpkin beer out there. Um, I mean, I've that I've tried. Obviously, I haven't tried them all, Mm -hmm. Um, but of all the ones I've tried, especially locally, in my opinion, it's the best pumpkin beer. It's got the best flavor. You can drink one. You could drink six. You know, they go down smooth. Um, Just a great beer overall.
0: Yeah, I would. I would have to uh, give it a four uh, hops out of five Mm -hmm. for me. Um, granted, I, I'm, I'm not a big pumpkin guy, like I said before, but I think the way that they do it on this is, is really solid. It's not overwhelming to the point of like, oh, you get, you know, pumpkin everywhere, you know. Uh, I think the way they kind of spice it up a little bit and add, you know, like you said, the, the yeah. brown sugar and the cinnamon, cinnamon and the everything, pie. I think it pairs very well with it, almost like a pumpkin pie taste. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fortified for me.
1: It's uh, fours all around for me today, so th-
0: I'm giving this a four out of five hops. Uh,
1: nice. I really enjoyed this beer. I'm going to definitely drink it again for all the mm-hmm. reasons I've oh, mentioned. I uh, Yeah, so four out of five. Definitely check this one out. All right, cool. Let's uh, give some quick shout-outs.
2: Yeah, so Dogfish Head, um, Facebook, Instagram, their website. Website's great because it gives you details on all their beers that are available, when they're available, uh, what to pair them with, when they made them. Uh, just a, a great reference, especially if you're just into this and, and really want to kind of know some more about their beer. And they're not that far away, at least yeah. from us, Delaware. Few uh, hours. They got a really cool, like, treehouse set up. Um, mm-hmm. Like, not treehouse, the, the brewery, treehouse. Like, literally, they have yeah. a treehouse in the middle of their place. Oh, and cool.
1: uh, Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, scratch track. Um, like, like we said, not together right now. No website. No Instagram. They do have a Facebook so, do us a favor, so I'm not the only very one. Very
2: low-key on Wikipedia. Yeah, very low-key on Wikipedia.
1: Halfway done. Yep. Um, so, message them on Facebook if you're into that kind of thing. Tell them to get back together, so I'm not the only one still doing that. Um, but, however, what their music... Fuck is this joke, guy? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> their music is available on all major streaming services, though. So, yeah. please check them out and really give it a shot, because it, it, it's a really cool listen. Yeah. So, Yeah. All right, uh, episode six. Oh, it's our Halloween special. Oh, a so spooky. we're going to be dropping this on Saturday, October thirty first. A little different yes. than our Sunday usual, but we want this on Halloween because we will be talking about
2: Michael Jackson's Thriller album.
1: Yes, yes, Thriller. We're doing it. Yep, and that pairing team. it with. Shabin's pumpkin spice cannoli beer. Ooh, ooh, more on that next episode. So do us a favor if you're if you're listening to us, you know, listen to the album prior to the episode, so you know what the hell we're talking about.
0: Yep. Um, Go
2: and uh, pick up uh, Shabin's cannoli pumpkin beer
1: ahead of time. Give a shot and drink along with us too as you're listening. Yeah.
0: Let yeah. us know how it pairs together. You know. N-
1: not while driving, of course. Though, of course not.
0: No. Can't,
2: no. Don't... If you're listening to this on your way to work, we do not suggest that you drink. The beer in the process. <laughs> we do not
0: condone that. <laughs> it's a we cannot
2: experience. tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> However, we're just
1: stating the obvious. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Um, link up with us, Hops and Bops Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We're streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Tell your friends, tell your family, hop on board. Um, for Mike and Tom, I'm Joe. We'll see you next time. Peace.